This podcast is part of the GWC Network. For more information on it or to check out some of our other awesome podcasts, visit us at galacticwatercooler.com. After the tone, enjoy the show. This is Save Eureka, podcast number 26, Duck Duck Goose. Welcome back, everybody. Yeah. Hello. Duck, duck, goose. (laughs) (laughs) I enjoyed this episode even more than uh, I remember it before. This is just one of those great episodes. Um, I just want to say right out the bat, I really like that once... Once the the kind of feature scientist of the week realizes that uh, Carter's just trying to help him, he does everything he can to help him. Yeah, that's a nice change instead of just having him, <laughs> yeah. you know. They finally stopped belittling him quite as much. Wow, that guy is negative. That, there's like the glass half full and the glass half empty dude. And then, and then there's, there's the that screw guy. the glass guy, <laughs> which is like... The glass yeah, I'm going to throw the glass on the ground, smash it, and go home. There's the I hate glasses guy. Damn, that guy is negative. Yeah, he's I really like, wanted a mug guy. Yeah, that's Do you know it. what it's like to have your best idea co-opted by the government? Do you know what it's like to win the science fair? Do you have any idea what it's like to live in a futuristic city with an unlimited budget? <laughs> well, and get to play with cool crap all I'm day? I'm not in Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> that guy should be a greeter at Walmart, man. Actually, he, he <laughs> damn one percenters. <laughs> he may have fallen, but there's a ways to go. <laughs> he turns out to be okay, you know. Yeah, and he, he seems to get a little bit better, but man, yeah, at the start, a little bit whiny there. You know, yeah. um, I have to say a couple of funny things dealing with IQ here. This is this is one of those standard things. Always bugs me a little bit because IQ is generally considered <laughs> Reno, to be one, like one, one. that was funny. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> Admittedly, though, everybody, I didn't even try. <laughs> everybody tends to think that IQ is like equal book smart. You know, equals book smart. So, so these people that are doing these science projects, they must have high IQ IQs. And the guy who Figures things out, but doesn't know much about science. He has a low IQ. Wait a minute. IQ actually is really, a measure of like raw intelligence. Well, yeah, right? like as measured by ability to see patterns and things like that, which Carter is actually better than many of them at. Carter should be above some of these people in Eureka. That exactly. was awesome when he grabbed that, um, you know, that barbell, that you know, yeah. gravity barbell or whatever, and he's like, "Oh, let's just you know crank up the magnet on it and use it to suck the junk out of the." And it wasn't even like a solution to anything. It was just like you know, just one of these offhanded things. Like nobody in the other the rest of the town would think to do that. Yeah, oh, we're gonna have. They're to like, excavate. let's tear up the entire street. That was the super genius' <laughs> best know. idea. Let's excavate. And he's just like, um, how about we get a pole with a magnet on it? <laughs> we get a fishing pole. <laughs> some bubble gum <laughs> all right bubble gum thank you we'll put I'm the bubble gum on the end of the string I could probably just suck it out of there yeah, yeah. Really, gum on the end of a string he makes it up yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> you were you were wanting to tear up the road man <laughs> but yeah yeah see seeing that kind of thing it's not just like oh that's common sense no he is recognizing patterns he is like figuring out connections between things speaking of patterns chuck i gotta ask you real quick if you noticed this and maybe it was my imagination but when they looked up close at the the space rock or whatever right um and and you see it like completely taking up the screen did it look like it had a welder's uh 
Oh, you like mean, a welder stamp on it? You're you're thinking of a blacksmith's touch mark? A blacksmith? Yeah, I'm sorry. You yeah. know, you know what I'm talking about. There. Yeah, blacksmiths have this kind of uh, signature that they put on their stuff a lot of times, and and they use essentially what looks kind of like a, uh, you know, like a typeset. Except they, it's like a neat little symbol that represents yeah. their shop, or whatever. and they heat the thing up, and 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 then they whack it with this little typeset thing, and it makes their little mark on it's it. It's like a teeny tiny little brand, brand yeah. in the truest sense of the word, yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. Except that it, yeah, it actually in, indents into. I swear, it looked like it had it a little brand like, on it. It totally looked like a, a blacksmith's touch mark. <laughs> that's uh, that's pretty funny. That I'm asteroid glad. says blue sun on it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm Damn. glad I'm not the only one who noticed that because I was like, um. <laughs> This Wait cave is not a natural formation. <laughs> <laughs> so true. It's a space toilet, too. That was pretty funny. How about that machine that Henry used to figure out that it was a space toilet? Holy crap. An no. axial <clears throat> tomographer? I want one of those. Yeah, it's a CAT scan, right? Mm. I don't know. It's what it stands for. Uh, something axial tomography. Oh. Uh, I guess oh, I'm yeah, not really... Right, a- right. Not really my thing, but it, it seems like, uh, I, you know what I did think of? It was funny. He's like, it's probably some part of a Chinese satellite or something. And of course, the joke there is that, uh, if I remember correctly, there's been a lot of negotiations about space junk uh, because it was really good. It, it had been really getting to be a problem. And, and at the rate it was getting to be a problem, uh, people you know, had, had realized that relatively soon you wouldn't be able to launch uh, normal satellites into into low Earth orbit because there's so much crap going around. They would get they would get damaged, you know. So so, and it's tough because it's not really regulated by one country. You the know? X Prize is thwarted by someone you running laugh, into a, but a toilet. Well, but it's a problem. Actually, yeah. And I mean, look at it like this, okay? And and remember, you can orbit the Earth going either way, right? Now, most of it ends up going with the rotation of the Earth because it's actually easier. You get, you know, what, a 600-mile-an-hour-some-odd bonus going that way but uh, because the Earth's already going that way. But you can go the other way as well. So imagine that you're cruising along in orbit at, I don't know, somewhere between 15,000, 18,000 miles an hour. And, uh, I don't know, uh, a quarter is coming the other way uh, at fifteen to 18,000 miles an hour, closing at... 30 plus thousand miles an hour. I mean, a bullet that weighs less than a quarter. Basically, it'd be like Magneto's revenge in the latest X-Men movie. Yeah, it has enough kinetic energy at, I don't know, maybe 1,200 miles an hour, right? To do god-awful damage. It'd be like a bullet. It would be worse than a bullet by a long shot. I I think I heard this speech at a don't uh, drive drunk uh, (laughs) seminar in high school. (laughs) A little bit slower, but you know, if one car is coming at fifty kilometers an hour, the other one's coming at eighty, then that's kind of fast. You effed up. (laughs) (laughs) Then you You shouldn't be drunk. (laughs) No, but but so here's the deal. I guess you know they tried to negotiate internationally a number of years back to try to minimize the amount of junk that was being created in orbit. So people would deorbit things in a controlled fashion when they were at the end of their life. You had to plan for that. And uh, you you had to account for anything that was lost or that you didn't bring back with you and so on. You know, so so there were these rules that, you know, international groups agreed upon to try to minimize the junk. Then <laughs> the the Chinese... They found it with the smelloscope. <laughs> here, here it comes, though, right? So the, if I understand correctly... <laughs> The Chinese then tested an uh, an anti-satellite weapon by essentially blowing up a satellite in, in orbit. Uh, 
which created just like it it undid like a decade's worth of controlling space junk. After the Chinese all, did that? Yeah, after all this negotiation, <laughs> they they tested this weapon, this wow. anti-satellite weapon. They're like, oh, we'll just blow up this satellite that's not in use anymore. And they did. And of course, it, all the pieces go everywhere, right? Oh, no. And, and you have all this crap. So, <laughs> you maniacs! You blew it up! <laughs> so you, you blew it up. Damn it. They're like, well, there are, you know, one and a half billion of us. And if each of us had one piece, oh, it'd be dust. Who cares? Yeah, so, so it probably won't land on so, China anyway. So they're making a well. The worst part is it won't land at all. It'll just float around up there, getting in the way of you know God knows what. So yeah, any, it's like, instead GPS of having a car, working. instead of having a car coming down the road at you, have like five million bullets coming down the road at you. How do you feel? You're still gonna be pissed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I thought that was a funny. That was a funny little poke there. He's like, it's probably some piece of a Chinese satellite. Or oh, that's why. See, I didn't yeah, get that. That's great. That's what I was thinking. But yeah, I, I so second IQ issue, right? Number one is I, I I dispute the fact that that Carter is of average intelligence when he happens to solve like ninety percent of the problems in the in the community. Yeah, but you know, Chuck, I mean, it depends. He said that he took it when he was a kid, and depending on your age, your IQ can change hmm. because age is part of the formula. I mean, and there are other factors too. I mean. Well, yeah. if he took it as a teenager, he'd be like, I'd answer that question, but I'm thinking about boobs. Yeah, yeah, you see what I'm saying? And, like, <laughs> Do if they you, factor that in? Like, if you had a... <laughs> <laughs> the, the boob coefficient? <laughs> that's awesome. The, the boob factor, the sex factor. That's what But, um, you know, I mean, if you had a, a little bit of a cold or something or got distracted when you were taking the, the test, I mean, I don't know. I don't think it's... I don't treat it as the end-all be-all measure of intelligence it's a measure you know what i mean just like the sat is a measure of your knowledge yeah, speaking of colds i took a stats test today and i had a cold and i felt like crap and i probably didn't do as well on it as i could have and you're not in hawaii i got 93 instead of 98 i hope that would be nice not bad for a norm yeah i know totally 111 all the jokes were so mean, but they were so funny. They were funny. I could just imagine that Stark spread that. Yeah. <laughs> he was just the one like, do you hear what Carter's saying today? <laughs> I love the, uh, the, the three girls and the one girl's like eight years old and she's like the leader of their pack. The three <laughs> nasty girls. Yeah, you know, so so IQ part number two is is Zoe's 157, which is awesome, by the way. I mean, but then... First of all, that's that's insane, right? Yeah, I mean, one fifty. I mean, one forty is considered genius, yeah. right? And and then I don't know if you noticed, but if you look really close, it says she's in the ninety second percentile. <laughs> I know we're like, holy crap! There are eight percent of people who took the eight percent of the population is uh oh. <laughs> well, that's why I was like, maybe it's just in Eureka. Okay, so if one eleven was yeah, that average, would make sense. which they were claiming, um, you know, holy crap. I'm guessing, I'm just saying 157, not in the 92nd percentile in the general population. Be more like the 99th, right? This is, pr- yeah. this is probably an Eureka, Eureka average. To, yeah, that's to what. Uh, it's got to be. That's the only way you can, uh, then you can justify that percentile. I'm wondering, I, I wonder, I wonder what the average IQ is. You know. In Eureka? I, no, I think average in like the normal population is about 111. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Well, I mean, that's what they said. I, I, I'm, I'm interested. Oh, here we go. Let's see. This is just some IQ comparison site. This is totally BS first Google result. Ah, the internets. <laughs> 100 is standard. And uh, it looks like a standard deviation of about 15. So, okay. yeah, around 15. So that would mean that her 157 is like almost four standard deviations, a Z-score of almost four, which means she would be in the most microscopic, tiny, I don't know, I don't <laughs> have the table 1%. with me. <laughs> you would, <laughs> you're, yeah. So you're the 1% times 10 to the negative 90. Times Avogadro's percentile. number percent. <laughs> Well, let's put it this way: the tables that they that that they make you use in little intro stats class don't go that high. They only go to uh, they only go to. You get uh, that high? It says, "Come on, round it off." <laughs> it's to- like in the cartoons when they're like stoking the fire on the steam train. And it's like green, yellow, red, and then at red it just says like like really <laughs> danger. It's like you've got to be kidding me. Plot device. Uh, okay. Yeah. No. Um, yeah, so at three and a half, that would be point zero two percent in in the. But she uh, is the one percenter. No, no, no. She would be in the point in the ninety nine point nine eight percentile. So uh, that's that's fracking absurd. So it must be is. a Eureka only. I'm saying, test. yeah, it must be. <laughs> it must be. You know, <laughs> I, I I was actually really disappointed that he that she just said one twelve. To him, really? I think he could have handled it. I think he'd have been, he'd have yeah. been proud. Yeah, yeah, he could. He would have been proud. It. I don't. I, I think it's like another. You're trying to get close to him, and then again, still pulling back a little bit. And you know, what? I, I think he could have handled it. You know what, though? Maybe this was the thinking. I agree with you, by the way. But yeah, but, I do too. But maybe this is the. Maybe the writers were thinking he could handle it, and we know that. And as viewers, we know that. So. In that moment, they weren't telling us about him. They were telling us about her, like the fact yeah. that she cared about him. And and they wanted us to get that double whammy that we know he could handle it, but we now know she could, cares about him, too. Well, it, I, yeah, I, I agree with that. And the only other theory I came up with on that was that she also didn't want to, um, She, you know, she's a teenager. Maybe she doesn't want to have the attention and the uh, expectation of the IQ that she had. And there. she's smart, boy. That's you gotta. I gotta go with that. That's smart as hell. It's, it's like you know. It's like I'm a teenager. I am not wanting to uh, to stick my nose out as, hey, look how much potential I have, even though I have no idea what I'm gonna do with myself here. Yeah, it's you know, it's true. It's like, it's, it's a stress. A lot of people who um, teach classes like what I do, where they're beginning writing classes in college. Um, a lot of times it's common to have like a diagnostic in the beginning where you would ask the students to write like a really brief essay on something kind of simple. Um, and and if they know it's a diagnostic, like this is what I, you know, I want to know like what reading level you're at or I mean, what writing level you're at. Then a lot of times people will underperform because they don't want you to <laughs> expect too much of them. Like if they do really well then you're going to think, okay, then I expect a lot more in your you know, essays that you have time to draft. Um, I, I'm guessing you've got some, I like turtles essays. <laughs> no, I, uh, I don't tell them it's a diagnostic. Uh-huh. I, I tell them that, um, you know, to make sure that they 
are very careful with grammar and everything and that they get a grade for it, you know, and they do, you know, it's, it's like a completion grade, but you know, I don't lie, but I, I don't like really go out of my way to let them know that it's a diagnostic. You know what I'm saying? I just tell them it's an intro essay yeah. so that I can learn about who you are and, and your, your attitudes about writing and stuff like that. And I don't mention that. Oh yes. It also helps me understand like, you know, what are your, writing strengths and stuff like that that's a good idea yeah but i mean i've done that before when i was a kid i've done that when they're like no write Sandbagged. your very best yeah they're like write your very best because we want to know what you're capable of like hmm. i'd be like huh <laughs> <laughs> i know what i'm capable of i'm not gonna tell you by the way we're grading on a curve <laughs> yeah oh well then <laughs> i'm just trying to think of what the 98th percentile is in uh, <laughs> in eureka holy crap i mean Chuck, let it go. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. I mean, you know, um, I thought that this was really cool that we get to see Zoe uh, showing off her chops a little bit. Like, this is the first time yes. we get to see oh, yes. like kind of Zoe's brilliance really shining through. This is where and, they start transitioning her firmly from like, yeah, you know, kind of snotty kid that was filling part of a backstory for Carter to like part of Eureka and a genius in her own right doing her thing. Yeah, and when she made the decision, basically, um, to stay in Eureka with her dad, you know, it's kind of like she's committed now. Yeah. And we, it's not just the IQ score, it's the way she talks. You know, when she's talking to that Megan chick, <laughs> Megan's like, oh, you know, what do you know anyway? Or, or you know, she's like that chimp who happens to... <laughs> <laughs> who happens to type Shakespeare. <laughs> Ouch. Well, don't... <laughs> I was just thinking of Leonard in that Big Ouch. Bang Theory. He's like... Well, compared, you know, compared to David Underhill, I'm like one of those monkeys that can learns to eat grapes or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, <laughs> that's a I, episode. Yeah, I love that episode. I I'm sorry. I, uh, that's what. That's probably my favorite episode, by the way. Yeah, that's a good one. It's the bath item gift hypothesis. Oh yeah, <laughs> but but Zoe, Zoe responds by saying. You know, well, even a chimp would know that, you know, tech, 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 babble. And you're like, yeah, you go, Zoe. That's <laughs> <laughs> because Megan is a biatch. Yeah, she is. <clears throat> I, I have to admit that I, I, I love in the end how how Megan wins. And I'm making finger quotes. But in <laughs> she wins an internship. Oh, that's she the best. She, yeah, she wins the thing that screwed the other guy over, and then Zoe gets a car, which leads her to, as a way to, you know, as you pointed out when we were watching, Godra, to go to Harvard yeah. early, I'm and like, then so come she back the car, she and goes do whatever to she damn well pleases. Yeah, and then she can come back to Eureka and well, have any job she wants. While that other chick is, I don't know, interning for, for Dr. Glass Half Empty. What is Doctor, I wish I had a mug. <laughs> Which Finn. must be joy, just pure I've, joy. I've, I've spent 42 minutes complaining about how much of a dead end this science is, and you're wanting to work with me? <laughs> yeah, because, you know, she wants to be Mrs. Dick in a rut. <laughs> you know oh, I'm my saying? God, I almost spit out my tea. <laughs> <laughs> I know Juan's watched role models yeah, recently, yeah, so yeah. I had to share. <laughs> oh, crap, man. <laughs> oh. That was awesome. 
Uh, I, I I almost wonder if Stark like changed that second prize at the last minute again just to dick with the way he's like, oh, yeah. and your prize is a new car. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's great too because she's like a great fo- like a, a gracious loser and everything. She's like, yeah, 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 okay, yeah. So, and then- <laughs> it's okay because we saved the day and uh, me and my father are closer and blah 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 blah. blah. <laughs> new car, yeah. <laughs> Stark, Stark, Stark It'd be funny totally... if it was one of those little half cars. <laughs> like, <laughs> it is, isn't it? No. As long as it's not Beverly's hand-me-downs, I'm good oh, to go. Oh, God. That yeah. would be nasty. I would not drive a car that Beverly had been sitting in. It's all skankified. <laughs> yeah. I'd have put a towel down or for what about the, the, um, the, uh, <laughs> oh, I'm, for, I'm forgetting the house's name. Oh, Sarah. Sarah. Yeah. Sarah. Damn. How did I forget that? The Sarah car. That, Sarah yeah, Carr is awesome. She's cool. Sarah Carr is brilliant. I wanted to be sad when she's like, well, I guess we didn't go to the beach. You know, it was a good time. We can put her it's in another car. I know, and then but she's like, see you at home. See you at home. And I'm like, I want to be sad, but we'll see her again. Yeah, they, oh, yeah. they, they, they couldn't have anything bad happen to Sarah. That would be that would be uncool. I know. And she Wi-Fi'd her ass out of there. Yeah. And that's the first time we see Sarah out of the house, like really kind of. She's already become a character, especially um, she got real sassy with Zoe's mom. <laughs> Remember, don't let the door hit you. On the- <laughs> and now we see her like out in the car and stuff. And we're going to see Sarah like really blossom even more. This was the episode two where that the led Audra and I to make a, a number of, of jokes about Col- Colin Ferguson. You know how yeah, he's well- like. There, and we told him too. We got to true. interview him for yeah, GWC, yeah. and, and <laughs> I, I kind of jokingly asked him about this episode. Yeah, because he he's like, yeah, I, uh, you know, they portray him as this guy that never makes it to the gym, of course. And you know, you're you're looking at the dude, and you're like, yeah, not not so much. Sure, buddy. Um, <laughs> yeah. Sure, buddy. Yeah, we're buying that. He what did he say? He said uh, a couple times a week if if he's lucky. Yeah, Colin Ferguson. When we talked to him, said that you know he does go to the gym, but he says he goes. A couple times a week. Yeah. So. You know, which I was like, still, I mean. More than Carter. If he's if he's going way. just twice a week, that's that's not a lot to, to maintain how he is. I mean, that's he must eat pretty carefully. Yeah. Yeah. Or move around a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it, it's kind of hard, I think, to. It's all that work fixing the water heater. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Right, right. That... That was weird, the the gym thing with like the uh, the floating. I didn't quite get it because I was so thrown off by Allison's obvious exposition. You know, <laughs> when Carter's like, you know, yeah, I know how this works. And she's like, oh, so you know that there's a generator with blah, 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 blah underneath the floor and that it works with gravity magnet, blah, 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 blah. And he's like, yeah. And she's like, and you also know that blah, 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 blah. You know, and I'm like, come on, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Just put a sign in front of the screen and tell me what it is. I'll just read like it from Wiley my Coyote, like Wiley Coyote. Come on, this isn't, this isn't a <laughs> this Kevin is Smith like... film. Use some visual storytelling, people. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And I, and I was so like distracted and laughing by that like really clunky, heavy-handed exposition. to be a Kevin yeah. Smith <laughs> that I, 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 I didn't realize I, what she said because I was... You know, I was laughing. Actually, the, the, the entire episode had a pretty rough start to it. With like yeah. the 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 kind of play back and forth between uh, Allison and Carter, it's just it just doesn't feel quite right. Uh, I'm um, trying to remember. 
you know, when, when it's like, oh, I'll take one of those healthy whey drinks. Oh, or that was awful. Yeah. And she's like, it's like, wow, that, that is gym. just writing that has been in every sitcom ever. The other one that I actually noticed was really bad was when they were talking to Finn the first time when Allison and Carter went and, and like first met Finn. And uh, I think it's right before the uh, opening credits or whatever. And they're like, you know, if it's pulling down space junk, then that means, and like Finn finishes his sentence, he's like, it's too late or something. <laughs> and I'm like, come on, guys. You know, what's, what's, good, what's good about the writing, though, is that all of that stuff is to set up the story. But then all of the, all, either the other than that, all of the character interactions and, uh, and everything that comes after it is actually really good. Yeah, very True. good. And, and all of this stuff comes back around in a meaningful way, too. I mean, even the tech stuff all kind of makes sense. I thought it, one, one thing that was really cool is that the big, like the A kind of story with the, the giant, you know, space junk sucking magnet, that there's a tiny little parallel. It's one of those Eureka things we've been talking about where they do something really smart and clever that we might overlook. The, the parallel with Carter taking the, the bar from the gym as a magnet and using it to suck the space junk out of the street. Yeah. And then the, the even more obvious one with Taggart and his geese and letting them go and saying, you know, sometimes with geese, you just have to, you know, with your babies, you just have to let them fly or whatever. Um, oh, and the what, dad's not being good in nature and stuff like that. Right. It's, it's a very Seinfeldish kind of thing where all of the separate storylines converge together at the end. You know what's That's funny? True. It is. You know what's funny, though, is I'm totally willing to buy it because each of those set up something really cool. Like mm. like when, and, and I mean just dialogue-wise, not necessarily how they come together. Like, for example, the small one was uh, when, when Taggart says right up front, says, you know, all the men of the species aren't, you know, worth a damn. And Carter looks for a second. He's like, I, I could see that. He's like, that's probably, <laughs> probably true. Probably true, you know? He and, plays and it, that so well. Yeah, it goes right by, but it's funny as hell. And then, of course, the best one is when uh, is when Carter's talking to Henry, and he's like, "So what was his project?" He's like, "No, no, his project was uh, and and only Henry can deliver these lines so beautifully." You know, Henry's like, "No, no, no it was an optical targeting device for a space sucking giant space sucking." You know. Yeah, you know, yeah. and then he just kind of walks away and you're like damn yeah, that's, that's he awesome he's so good the, at that the henry yeah. writing is it definitely is, yeah, yeah the, the henry best delivery. series i think yeah it's just magic and uh and, and what's his name who plays henry i think just delivers that's a, uh, oh yeah yeah joe morton just delivers oh, it so brilliant well. i love the I'm way a big that joe morton fan he he's always yeah. with carter i love his interactions with carter because you can tell they're friends and he he's so henry's so laid back and comfortable with who he is that, you know, he's not, he doesn't uh, have any conflicts or, you know what I mean? There's no abrasion between him and, and Carter's thinking styles like there is with Carter and Stark. Right. right. And, and, and Henry's not, not uh, above talking simple to, to Carter. Like, you know, uh, uh, Carter and Allison like each other. They're at this point, they're very good friends. But she, every time he doesn't understand something, she gives him that look of, don't you know? what i'm talking yeah, about she, well, she whereas henry's just him. like yeah big space sucking magnet thing <laughs> yeah that's yeah true. She, she does it in kind of a playful manner and sometimes a little derogatory and really derogatory in the first episode of the, the series but you know it's with with henry he's never yeah he's he never really talks talks down to carter yeah yeah that's true 
I think it's mutual respect. And that's yeah. and, and it's funny because eventually uh, Stark and Carter come to that, you know, uh, but What's, it's it's not this early in the in this series. Yeah, and it would have to be respect at this point because I'm going to guess Henry's still a little messed up from uh, from hating Carter for what happened at the start of the season. So wow, that, the fact that he's still willing to to keep it civil yeah. and not just be a douche like everyone else is to him, and like in the rest of the town, which wouldn't really require any reason. It's just the way that everybody treats Carter for the most part, unless they're really close to him. He, he could just do that, like if he was still being all vindictive. But the fact that, you know, he, do, he does respect him and, and kind of treats him at a, at a decent pace. I mean, and I don't know. Yeah, I, I, no, I'm with you. And what about that little dark segment where we have a conversation between Henry and Nathan Stark? And Henry says, I know you blame yourself for Kim's death, but it's not your fault. Well, you know, oh, I know. <laughs> There's a lot going on there. Wow. You know, and you get that um, that Bear McCreary you know, oh, signature yeah. kind of Battlestar type music. Uh, let, letting us know that, oh, yeah, it's it's fixing to go down. <laughs> <laughs> Stuff's getting ready to go down. Bring out that boxing ring. <laughs> <laughs> Bring out the drool. Yeah. You know, that's <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I just realized, remembered what you were referencing. You know, <clears throat> sorry. You, yeah. you blocked it out of your mind after so many years, right? <laughs> you know, it's funny. I actually watched an episode of Battlestar Galactica the other day. I'm sorry. Oh, really? I, really? Watch, I did. I watched uh, Colonial Day. Nice. Oh, the first episode. one I ever uh, oh. I ever saw. Man, season one yeah. of that show. Oh, my God. Is it brilliant? The yeah. first episode I ever saw, I didn't even really know it was Battlestar Galactica, and it was... That's it. Me too. Same one. It was the episode where Starbuck had a broken knee and was stranded on the planet. Uh-huh. And needed to rip open the Cylon Raider oh, yeah. to get home. Oh wow, that's that was- Star, isn't it? No, uh, no, 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 it's not. Oh, it- you get the awesome ending yeah, though. Right. You know where where-, where Starbucks flying formation with the Mark II, and and she's got um, Starbuck written un- underneath the Raiders' They're wings in like yellow gaff and- tape or whatever. Yeah, yeah, and Apollo's just like, oh my god, she's alive! It was in blood, wasn't it? No, it was in yellow tape. It was in yellow um, Yellow tape. Yellow tape, yeah. Yeah, well... It was in the blood of the Cylon. Wouldn't that be awesome? (laughs) Cylon guts on the bottom of it. Hell yeah. She wrote it in entrails. It did not bode well for the rest of the series. But yeah, I mean... I yeah I you mentioned when we were watching this, Audra, that it's it's so awesome that... uh, it's one of those things where I don't think this could be near as as I could take the show near as seriously as I do without Bear McCreary. You know, he is that that music just takes it to the next level. Yeah, it really does. And uh, uh, that guy is extremely talented. And you know what? So uh, it's really funny. I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but I mean, you friend a lot of people on Facebook because it's a lot of there are a number of of artists and people that use their Facebook uh, profile more. I'm Facebook friends with Colin Ferguson. Yeah, right, right. Like less. <laughs> I actually sent him a private message, and I was like, I was like, this is Audra Heslip from GWC, <laughs> and we interviewed you a little while back, and I I really appreciate your work, and thanks for talking with us, you know. And he wrote me back. He like accepted. Nice. Yeah, he accepted the friend request, and he was like, oh yeah, you know, thanks. What was he like? Uh, thanks for your support or I appreciate it. It was just, this real nice. Well, what's funny is bear McCreary is actually pretty active on social media. Yeah. 
I mean, yeah, like, I've got them on Facebook too. Yeah, and and Twitter. And the thing is, though, instead of just like responding every now and then, if you do that, like on Facebook, every now and then, Bear McCurry will like things that you're you're posting, or he'll comment nice. on the stuff you, <laughs> you <laughs> like. You'll post some little thing, and he'll be like, "Yeah, that's cool." You know, there's some little little thing that comes from him, and and they're very real. They're the kind of thing you do with your friends and and stuff. You know. <laughs> You're like, I can't find my underwear. They're lost in the dryer. And he's like, Bear McCurley likes this. (laughs) It's funny. It's hilarious. Usually he like he seems to like to comment on creative things, which is kind of fun. But I'm I personally, I think that's really damn cool because so I mean, it feels very real. I mean, you know, there's so many people gaming the whole social media system these days trying to get a little something extra out of it. To see somebody just use it, like and you just be use a nice it. person, yeah, just it. be a nice person, not be be a nice dude, and and use it the way you'd use it. It's really refreshing, and it makes you honestly, it's very refreshing. You feel connected <laughs> to him, and it makes you want to support what he's doing from yeah. from a very natural perspective. It's called I don't know natural goodwill, kind of cool. Yeah, what a concept. There's something yeah, that social bigger. media marketers should think about for a moment. Nah, it's, it's, it's easier to pay Kim Kardashian $80,000 to tweet about shoes. Wow. <laughs> I oh. guess I miss that because I don't follow Kim no, Kardashian. I Neither do I, but... <laughs> oh, you know what? I, I, went I to... saw a chart of how much celebrities get paid to tweet things. Nice. Oh, that's it's lame. disheartening. That is lame. No, uh, the other day I went to Twitter's web, you know, just like the web app, because normally I use the, the mobile, and... Uh, I started seeing tweets from people I do not follow. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you probably, you probably already knew this cause you keep up with this stuff better than I do. But I was like, there were in my stream, there were tweets from Southwest airlines. Mm-hmm. Oh it, yeah. They're dropping ads in Twitter. Yeah. Now. And it was mm-hmm. like Southwest airlines is promoted. And I was like, did I accidentally follow them? So I clicked on the, their profile and it gave me the option to follow. I'm like, Holy crap. Like I never <laughs> follow them and they're in the stream. That's, it's a little sneaky. I mean, at least make it look like an ad. You know? Don't try to trick me into thinking that I'm following. Well, that's, that's the whole reason why they don't make it look like an ad. Because if it just looks like it's part of the stream, then it's... Uh, easier then to it, ignore. It'll be easier to click on. That, the click-throughs will be higher and oh, it'll have crap. better reach. Just like I did. Oh, oh no. you uh, you, you're, a pro, you're a part of the problem, Audra. I'm a no, stab. You, you, you were interested. You clicked through. Big deal. You know, it didn't hurt anything. I wasn't interested in them. I was interested if I had accidentally followed them, which I wanted to unfollow them. You went to unfollow them, and they're like, that counts as an ad. (laughs) (laughs) No, but it is cool how uh, uh, they're doing kind of real things with social media. And, I mean, getting back to the music of of the episode, I mean, with the incidental music. What's what's that? One's taking it back. Taking it back. The incidental music is, is kind of a lot like visual effects is that you want to kind of erase your tracks that you were ever even there. So a lot of the music that's in these episodes, once he gets on board, is just really kind of you just you're aware of it. It just uh, works. It just works. Yeah, I mean, like yeah. there were so many times in the first season. And I mean, we talked about this, that you just you're get like, pulled out of the episode like, because they're like, oh, music. they use temp track number seven this time. OK. <laughs> But you know when when you got someone like Barry and they're crap 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 writing I'm sorry. Anyway, I'm being mean. Crap 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 crap. 
No, but seriously, and then and then along comes Bear McCreary, and it ranges from wow, that was really cool to just it feels you, really strong and and powerful. I'm, you know, I'm I'm a, I'm a I'd take it back here. Did you see that video of that uh, guy that was doing a uh, violin performance? Like he was doing a concert for somebody. Oh, and the and the Nokia uh, ringtone yeah. goes off in the crowd, and he stops, and he looks up, and he looks back down, and he like plays the Nokia ring like on his violin. Oh my god, that is so funny. Was it like a professional like concert yeah. or was it a student concert? Yeah. Oh my god. It, it looked like it was in like an art hall or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> and he just stops, looks up, looks back down, plays the theme, kind of takes a quick bow and then goes on to his next piece. You know, one time, um, one time I was, uh, I, I, when I was in, uh, in high school, I went to an international trumpet guild convention that happened to me in Denton, Texas, yeah. and, uh, which was nearby. And I, I, I'm trying to remember his name. He was the guy that uh, obviously trumpet player, but he, he, uh, he, you know what he did the, uh, he did the improvisation that you hear at the beginning of the Cosby show. Oh. Oh yeah, I, I know. Damn it! Right. And I'm trying to remember his name, and I feel so stupid. It's okay. I'll remember. I'll, I'll look it up while you're talking. Anyway, he was. Uh, it, it was. It was really cool. He he uh, he he spoke, and then he they had a uh, they had a combo there with him, so he could essentially talk, and the combo was just sitting there on stage. So whenever he wanted to play, the combo was there to support him. Right. Nice. So it, it would it. it uh, two experiences first is that i i when i showed up i was waiting out in front of the place and uh, i didn't recognize him of course but he was sitting there shooting the crap with these kids walter white no and uh not the author he was just the the performer anyway he uh he was just talking to the kids and 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 uh everybody who was around there and then when they opened the door he's like oh yeah i'll see you in a bit and he goes in to do a show you know lester bowie no and then, uh, but the, but the best part is is, and this is what made me bring it up. Stu Gardner, <laughs> John Faddis. That's it. <laughs> there it is. I knew if we John slammed Fattis. on it long enough, it would get there. Winner, well, your head. <laughs> the power <laughs> of Google. That's it. But okay, so here's the, here's why I brought it up. So at one point, he's just like. You know, he, he's improvising and the combo's playing and it's just so damn intense and incredible, right? That the combo kind of slows down and then stops and it's just him going like hell, right? By himself. Wow. And we're all like on the edge of our seat. Holy crap. That's pauses, a big deal. And he pauses for a moment at this one like critical point and this guy like just has this coughing fit. <laughs> in, the, in, the, in the audience. And, and in this real powerful moment, he kind of like, Puts the horn down for a second, and he, he he leans over to the mic, and he's like, "Don't be coughing while I'm playing." <laughs> <laughs> and the place like explodes in laughter. It was great. Nice. Anyway, he was a cool dude. That's awesome. Such a super nice guy for like such an incredible badass. <laughs> he was like completely content to shoot the crap with everybody out in front of the place before and afterward. He was sitting in on the events later in the day. He was just a dude who was there. He, he's, I, I wish I was like a so good at what I did that that I was that incredible, and b so you know comfortable in what I did and how I did it that I I could have as much fun as he seemed to. 
This is just awesome. Yeah, that that sounds awesome. Anyway. The closest I came to a cool like jazz show that was a big deal for me was uh, Clark Terry. Sorry, guys. I just realized we got to wrap up because we got another show coming in like five minutes. Uh, you got anything to add here at the end, except that we need more time on these shows? <laughs> these are these are the episodes I've been looking forward to. These are just oh, fantastic. Yeah. And th- these are the episodes that make me love this series. And if you don't get that, then maybe this show's not for you. Ouch. <laughs> I, no, have, I have four words. More Sarah. More Sarah. It's like two words twice. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, this is great. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Please call 214-296-9229. Give us a ring if you have anything to say, and we'll see you back next week. From everyone here at Save Eureka and GWC, thanks for listening. If you'd like to watch Eureka or other fun shows with some of the friendliest people in geekdom, visit us at galacticwatercooler.com. We'd love to hear from you as well. If you have something to add to the show, give us a call at 214-296-9229. That's 214-296-9229. And follow the instructions there to leave us a message for inclusion in a future podcast. Financial support from listeners like you keep all GWC podcasts on the net each week. To find out how to donate, visit galacticwatercooler.com slash donate.